0: say I see the world
1: So what season of life are you in? And who is your team in this season of life? That's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Today we want to talk about in the context of the season of life you're in, how do you spend your time? How are you spending your time in this season of life? First point of the morning, first point of the message, first takeaway is this. By God's design, we live our lives in the context of time and eternity. There's a big frame for you. And by God's design, we live our lives in the context of time, minutes, seconds, hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades, and eternity. Uh, time is a created aspect of eternity, right? Uh, eternity is beyond time. God lives beyond time. So the Bible can say a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day to God. But the way God created all things includes time. And we're part of that creation. So we live within the construct of time. Uh, This is one of the most fascinating things to study in physics, isn't it? How how do we make sense of time? Uh, How do we make sense of the creation? And so we live in the context of a much larger context (laughs) called eternity. Uh, God himself is not bound by time, though we are. Uh, We were created immortal to live forever, but because of sin, uh, we are subject to mortality. We die. Yet though we die, We have a new identity in Christ that is eternal. And it works itself out in time. So this is the context of our lives. I love the way that the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, arguably the wealthiest, wisest man in his day, said it this way, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. To end. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So, this is the the majesty of life and the mystery of life that we live in the presence of God who is eternal. Uh, We have an eternal hope in Christ. And yet, we live out our life in time in a world that is affected by the effects of sin. Uh, And so we can waste time. We can, in a sense, lose time. Uh, We can be miserable sometime or all the time. Uh, This is the nature and the craziness of the world we live in. The majesty of God, the mystery of life uh, in the context of this world in which we live and move and have our being. So what we can't fathom, God reveals to us in his word, the Bible. This is why the word of God is essential. It's not just a bunch of people having a great idea and sharing it with us. It's God speaking to and through people over a long period of time about eternal things. So, How should we spend our time in this season of life? Well, we should turn to the Word of God as we turn to God Himself uh, to, to teach us His ways, to show us how to understand the best way uh, to experience time, to express time, to seize the moment. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, we see this in First Corinthians 15, 58. Uh, Paul riding to Corinth, arguably the economic engine of Greece. Athens, the big major city, but Corinth, the port city. And uh, uh, there's a church there filled with a, a, a lot of go-for-it people, and, and it's an international community. Paul says to them, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't be pushed off balance by the ways of this world. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Have you ever had a sense that your labor in the Lord is in vain? Why am I doing this? Well, that's what the Corinthians were feeling. So Paul wanted to let them know this adds up to something. This is the way to use your time in the context of eternity. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because You know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Why? Because the Lord himself is redeeming time. He's making time make sense from the context of his eternal perspective. Paul uh, went on to write also to the Ephesians. We see this in chapter 5 verses 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live. Be wise not unwise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. It's Not like every day is evil but we live in a fallen world, a world fraught with evil, uh, evil at, at, at the smallest level. We call them white lies. We call them uh, good intentions, uh, all the way to massacres and, and desecration of humanity in the most horrific, horrendous ways. But the fact is, he says, be very careful in how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. Uh, This is rendered in some translations, redeeming the time. Capturing the time in the context of who God is. The eternal God who has entered into the world he created to redeem us in time. At just the right time, Christ came into the world. And now our time is full with the promises of God. And so nothing we do is in vain and we have the opportunity to be creative resourceful as we seize every opportunity. This is what it means that we by God's design live our lives in the context of time and eternity. And the second point follows from it. As we follow Jesus we learn to see our life in a larger, truer context. God up close and personal, scary close in Christ reveals to us the very nature of God, the purposes of God fulfilling the promises of God made to Israel through all that time historically. And so as we follow Jesus and we learn to see life in a larger, truer context we see that it requires creative work. We're now engaged in God's purposes for His creation and for us within His creation. If salvation is a gift everything else is a significant effort responding to that gift. That's why it's hard creative work. Hard not just to make it hard but because doing God's work in this fallen world is difficult. There's so many barriers to overcome so much resistance pushing back against us. And so it's serious work that shapes our identity because as we lean into the Lord, as we take our cues from Him, as we make Him our primary allegiance, He's shaping our identity. Our labor in the Lord begins with learning His Word and understanding His will. We can learn His Word. That is, we can read the words, we can understand the content, and out of that comes a theology an integrated body of knowledge and insight, wisdom, that allows us to perceive and understand the, 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 the will of God. Now, this is the general will of God, that God wants us to be alive, not dead. Righteous, not unrighteous. He doesn't want us to lie, cheat, steal. He wants us to experience the fruit of His Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., So the general will of God is revealed as we read His Word. Now, you might be saying, gee, but I want to know God's will. It's just so hard to discern. Yes, it is. But unless you know the general will of God revealed in His Word, His overall purpose for all people in all places at all times, then it's impossible for us to do the creative hard work, seize the opportunity to understand and discern His will one day at a time. But we can and God doesn't resolve it for us easily, necessarily. You might have a, a flash of insight from a prayer, Lord, lead me and guide me. More often than not, though, he's, he's allowing us to work through and think through and pray through, through wise counsel, through our own experiences and insight, a deeper understanding of what His will is for us. We begin to know ourselves better than ever before. We begin to see how God's eternal purpose is revealed in His general revelation, His will bears on us in our unique time and in whatever season of life we're in. And so God does reveal His will to us, but often it's an incremental process of discovery in the context of our relationship with Him as we move through time. Includes uh, God's will, God, God's work in this world it includes preaching, teaching, evangelizing, works of compassion. We see that uh, as, as the proclamation of the gospel proclaiming and teaching and demonstrating the good news of Jesus. This is for everybody. But then, uh, as we work out the specific aspects of that, what is God's will uniquely for me in the context of this overall work that He's called all of us to do, I see that it includes home, marketplace, the playing field, uh, the academy, politics, art, sciences. God works out His specific will in us in the unique work we do. Not everybody is a pastor, though everybody can proclaim and teach and demonstrate the gospel. But within all those other roles and responsibilities, we'll we'll talk about those in a few minutes, uh, we start to see that there's a job for us to do, a contribution for us to make. And so we have this larger, truer context of what it means to be a man or a woman, a husband, a wife, a parent, a son, daughter, brother, sister, to see ourselves as people engaged with other people. Uh, in day-to-day life, and yet there's something beautiful happening in the midst of our life now that we are in Christ. We are being redeemed as part of creation in the context of time for eternity. So this shapes us, and we in turn have a have an influence on the people and the events around us. <clears throat> so uh, it includes suffering the brokenness of this world. God's redemption of us in time, in the context of eternity, does not necessarily uh, protect us from or remove us from the brokenness of the world. It's all done in the context of a fallen world. Why is this? Because He's saving us in the context of the world that He is saving. He's redeeming us in the context of the world He's redeeming. We have a part to play in it. It's happening in us and it's happening through us as He does His work. He's with us in it all. You might find Him in the high places, and surely you will find him in the low places. So if you're going through really, really difficult times right now, don't, don't be um, uh, led to believe that God has abandoned you. Oh, he's with you. Uh, read Psalm 40. You might be in the pit right now. He's in the pit with you. He's lifting you out of that pit. If you're in the highest point of life, and you say, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of confused. I'm not sure where I see God in this. Uh, he will make himself known to you. For sure, he will make himself known to you in those low places the places where we feel abandoned, where we feel like somehow we've missed God's will. God's will is that we would be in Him and nothing and no one can separate us from Him. Not the greatest successes, not the severest suffering. The gospel integrates every dimension of our life if we commit to it. If we resist it, uh, if we run from it, if we deny it, it's just out of reach. But as we embrace it by faith, we see that our whole life is integrated, every dimension of life. My inner world, my outer world, uh, what I do for a living, what I do day to day, my relationships, the, the way I use my gifts and experiences and skills, the way I express the, the, um, the passion of my heart. Uh, so this is, a, this is a, a wonderful gift to give the world. It's also threatening to the world. As we start to emerge as people in jesus 's name, you know not clobbering people in jesus 's name, not mugging them in jesus 's name, but as we start to gain momentum and a sense expertise in, in utilizing what he 's entrusted to us through his word, his spirit, his people, and as we apply it in the marketplace of ideas and all the other aspects of our of our life uh, it 's both a good news, a gift that people can see in us it 's also threatening. Why? Well, because people can be offended by our honesty now in Christ. I can call sin what it is. I'm not necessarily calling out everybody as a sinner, but I can say that's right, that's wrong. Not a judgmental way. I can confess my own (laughs) sins. But that honesty can be off-putting, threatening to people. Our integrity, not wanting to compromise values that we've learned from God and His Word. Our humility, that can can be off-putting. It can be perceived as weakness. Uh, our faith uh, can be challenging when we say, "I believe this," "I don't believe that." I believe that all life is precious. I believe that everybody's made in God's image. I believe that everybody needs Jesus. I believe that the Bible is the Word of God. I believe that, that there's a judgment, and that Christ will resurrect us on that final day, and we will be part of this new creation. Those things can be very attractive to people, but also very threatening. So don't be surprised if you experience pushback in this broken world. And as you do, be wise as serpents, gentle as doves, Jesus said. Be wise and discerning. And be gentle. Know what, how the world works. Be heads up about it. That's what seizing the opportunity uh, means. Be wise as you move through the world. What are the rules of the world? Uh, how do I navigate those the, uh, under the larger rules and references that I know from God and His word? I love the way Edmund, Edwin Markham, the American poet, said it. They drew a circle to shut me out. Heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle to take them in. So as we experience the natural anger or frustration in a fallen world, the, the duplicity of the world, the pushback, the betrayals, and we want to be angry about that, uh, don't... Uh, just dis, you know, don't dismiss that anger. Just see it as the natural response to saying that something isn't right. But don't live in that anger. Instead, put your arms around the world in love. Because it's the love of Christ that transforms you. And it's the love of Christ in you and through you that will transform the world. This is the power of having that larger truer context uh, because we follow Jesus. And so think of it this way. Our life in Christ has present and eternal significance of the highest order. Our lives, our lives have a present and an eternal significance. They matter now, they'll matter then. Of the highest order. Why? Because now you're a child of God. You belong to the Father. You belong to the Creator. You belong to the Lord of the universe as His beloved Son or daughter by faith. That's not giving you right to brag. It's giving you rights to praise God and to bless others in His name. So Don't ever feel threat, you know, uh, uh, the need in the, in the face of life's threats to disparage who you are. Don't say, I'm just this, or, I'm just that. No, here's who you are. You're a person made in the image of God, loved by God, being redeemed by God for a greater purpose of, of the utmost highest order. Christ in you is the hope of glory, not your glory, but the glory of God in you and through you that blesses you and lifts you up. to give you a larger perspective, a truer perspective on who you are and what your life is all about. You have been blessed to be a blessing. Therefore, you can become a servant leader. Not a, not a person pushing away through life, demanding your rights. but a person saying, you know what? Having been saved by faith in Christ... I want to be a conduit of that gift of salvation to others. And so we approach the world, uh, eyes open, heart open, hands open, saying, Lord, use me uh, to bless others in your name. So therefore, our labor in the Lord is never in vain. It's not a waste. In vain means lacking in purpose, effectiveness. It's a waste of time. Was Jesus' ministry in vain? No. Was Peter's ministry in vain? No. Was Paul's ministry in vain? No. Your work in the Lord is never in vain. It's being used and redeemed by Christ one day at a time. And you'll only see at the end of time, in the context of eternity, how God used you to bless others. How you had a key role to play in His purposes in this world in the context of time. So all your effort in Him is redeemed. I call this a low bar to a high calling. A low bar, that is, uh, anybody can step over it and, and step up and say, Lord, your will be done. A high calling, you get to do his will. <laughs> That's amazing. He doesn't say, oh, now we'll come back later when you're qualified. He says, come to me and I will make you qualified. It's a low bar to a high calling. We will be transformed into the very image of Christ. And so as we labor in the Lord, yes, we will often fail. Yes, we will fall short. Yes, we will face frustration in ourselves and and around us. So what? It would be a mysterious mistake, mistake to view it as being in vain. It would only be vain to ignore it. That would be true foolishness and vanity, to ignore the work that the Lord has given us to do. All your effort, all your effort is redeemed in Him. So simply being present to Christ counts for a lot in the kingdom of God. Just showing up. Again, offering ourselves to Him as as a living sacrifice, the Word of God tells us. Uh, We can't fathom what this means apart from His help. We're, We're immediately out of our depth. Okay, Lord, I'm saying yes, but I don't know what that means exactly. He'll show you. He leads us into the depths of His love in our work, in our rest, in our recovery, in our renewal. All of us need that. All of us need to have work to come into our fullest identity. All of us need rest, that rhythm of work and rest. All of us need recovery, recovery from the fallenness and the dysfunctionality of being a a human being affected by sin. All of us need to be renewed uh, by the powerful presence of God in us through His Holy Spirit. And so Paul writes to the Ephesians in chapter 3, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray That you may be filled to the fullest measure of God. Wow. Filled to the complete measure of the fullness of God. What a promise. And so in Christ, my roles, your roles, my responsibilities, your responsibilities take on new meaning and significance. Brother, husband, father, grandfather, friend, worker, consumer, citizen, explorer, all has a larger frame of reference. God in you is a game changer. As he works in you and through you to do his will. So the final point would be this. If the first point is that by God's design we live our lives in the context of time and eternity, following from that the second point, as we follow Jesus, we learn to see our life in a larger, truer context. That brings us to this final uh, point of the message of the morning, of the day. We maximize each season of our life by the commitments we make. We maximize each season of life by the commitments that we make. From the littlest kid to the oldest adult. Maximizing our commitment, saying, Lord, what do you want to do in me and through me in this season of life? A season of suffering and sacrifice, perhaps. A season season of wonderful success and significance, when nothing seems clear or everything seems clear, it's all the same in terms of God wanting us to say, I'm committed. What will that look like at this age and stage and season of my life? So from his word, we learn to prioritize the important and the urgent in life. Uh, you know that, right? What's, what's important versus what's not important? What's urgent versus what's not urgent? Some things um, we should delegate and some things we should ditch. The things that aren't important to us, not necessarily important, but to us they're not important. Or they're not important to anybody. <laughs> and the things that are not urgent uh, we can, we can uh, say, maybe that's somebody else's call, it's just not mine. Or maybe I can give that to somebody else who can do it better than I can do it. Not every need is, is, is my calling, right? I don't respond to every need. But there's going to be needs I uniquely need to respond to. Those are the ones that are important and urgent. Understanding and distinguishing this requires wisdom and discernment. This is what God wants to teach us. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit within us. It's the ministry of the body of Christ around us to help us become wise and discerning people in time, in the context of eternity. We pray, Lord, show me what's important and urgent today. Give me strength to do it. It's one thing to know it, but also give me strength and conviction to do it. I need to make a commitment to doing what's important. When we figure out what's most important, it's usually the most difficult thing. When we we determine what's urgent, we realize, ah, there's no putting it off. It's that important. And it's hard. It's serious. But remember, that's what shapes our identity. What we commit ourselves to shapes our identity. It shapes our character. In this season of life, what is the most important commitment an urgent commitment you can make to God, to yourself, to the people around you, to the tasks at hand. That wisdom and discernment is the most important thing you can do in this season of life. Don't run from it. Don't postpone it. Don't shirk it. Don't fob it off on somebody else. If it's yours, it's yours. Commit and watch God work in you and through you. You see, that's why planning is, is a core life strategy. Because planning forces us to sit down and assess our priorities. What is most important? And then, of what's important, what is most urgent? Jesus, didn't, Jesus did say, don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus didn't say, don't plan. So planning isn't anti-faith. Uh, planning isn't a lack of faith. Planning is saying, uh, since the Lord told me not to worry And His Word tells me to seize every opportunity, knowing that the days are evil, to be wise versus unwise. Then, how do I wisely plan my priorities? I can't control anything necessarily; very few things, but I can make plans. Planning helps me to clarify my priorities and make commitments. How about you? When you plan, I'm going to get married. I'm making a commitment. When you plan, we're going to have a child. Let's let's be committed and prepare ourselves for that. Right. Planning helps to, to clarify priorities and make commitments. It's, it gives us clarity to say yes or no. Now or not now. Maybe or never. It's freedom. That's why the Bible says, let your yeses be yes and your nos be no. We make a commitment. Now, you can change your commitments and, and adapt them uh, as needed. But it gives us a chance to be focused with clarity And so planning, think of it this way, it's a relational budget for funding my roles and my responsibilities. Having determined what they are, I'm going to commit to them on paper, so to speak. I'm going to spend time with my spouse. I'm going to spend time with my kids. I'm going to commit to the work I've accepted as a job. I'm I'm going to commit to that responsibility I received uh, from my church, and I'm going to follow through on that. I'm going to live out that general understanding of God's will, even as I figure out specific details of His will in my life. So I don't counter everything, but I counter enough to manage the rest. And so I can be focused, I can be spontaneous, I can be responsive, I can be resilient in living my life. And when I do make a change, I know why I'm making it. It's not just because it's convenient or had a little bit of pushback. I'm still focused on what's important, but I can now be strategic about it and say, okay, this is still important. Uh, Of of the important things, this is still urgent. And I'm getting pushback or I'm I'm fatigued. I'm scared, whatever. I don't know if I have what it takes. But now I can see uh, all kinds of creative ways to work toward what I know is important. I don't dismiss what's important. I just perhaps change the strategy for pursuing it. Let me say this. There's one thing more important than planning, as important as planning is. His planning is part of that commitment-shaping uh, movement in our life. It's preparation. You see, that's why we go back all the time to the Word of God. Are we, we soaking our hearts and minds in the Word of God? Are we getting the perspective we need eternally and temporally from God's Word and then applying it in our own time and place? Am I preparing my character, by putting myself in places where I'm receiving training, I'm receiving mentoring, I'm receiving coaching. I'm settling in and deepening my roots in God's purposes as revealed in his word. In that process of preparation I make my plans. And again, when my plans change the preparation emerges, right? Plans can change. As as the famous sage Mike Tyson said, you can have a plan but once you get in the ring Your plan is out the window, right? One shot to the head and you're going, oh, so much for my plan. But it's all that training and preparation. It's not just trying, it's training. And that's why it's so important for us to be disciples of Jesus. A brother among the brothers, a sister among the sisters. Putting deep roots into the Lord. Having experiences that shape my character by commitments, built on commitments, built on commitments. And so preparation is the point. And expressed in planning, fantastic. Inevitable dis, uh, disruptions occur, but we can recover and regroup more quickly. The net result is that we spend our time more efficiently and more effectively. Uh, I get to adjust my view of efficiency and effectiveness as well. Let me, let me just remind you what efficiency is. It's about productivity with minimum wasted effort or expense. To be efficient means to use your resources wisely. Effectiveness is about producing a desired or intended result. This is what we're trying to achieve. All well and good. To be efficient and effective, fantastic. Great goals. Good standards. Important values. But what does that look like as I learn and live out my biblical priorities? I start to realize that my commitment is to be efficient and effective, but I can change the way I see efficiency and effectiveness. Maybe it's inefficient to spend time with a small child. I'm just kind of hanging out with this kid. It's called an investment. That's what fathers do. That's what mothers do. That's what parents do. I invest in a child. And I spend a lot of time that looks inefficient. I do a lot of things that don't seem that effective. Why? Because I've, I've changed my understanding. I still want to be efficient and effective. But I've changed my expectations about what that looks like in the season of life I'm in. Can you make pizza with a three-year-old from scratch efficiently and effectively? Yes, you can. Efficiently because you've got all the stuff in, in, you need. You've, you've carved out the time. It's effective because though you're covered in flour and the floor is covered in flour and it's kind of a mess and it's a unique-looking pizza, you've just invested that time with that three-year-old child or that eight-year-old child or that 15-year-old child, that 22-year-old adult off from college now ex, ex, Blowing their own life. You see, the inefficiencies and ineffectiveness are the result of not having any priorities. But when you've made your priorities and determine what's important, and based on what's important and what's urgent, as you've planned that and you've prepared for that, all of a sudden you have a much more uh, flexible approach to what is efficient and what is effective. Now, uh, maybe I've, I'm confusing you at this point with all these terms. But the point being this. We have the confidence to say, spending time with this person is what God has called me to do. And whatever we do is going to be fine. Wherever we do, it's going to be fine. Walking on the beach with your wife, if you're married and, 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 and you say, let's go for a walk on the beach and just be together. Are there other things you maybe could be doing? Sure, but they're not as important. Could you drive the beach and make better time, ride your bikes on it? Yes, that's not the point. To be effective is to slow down long enough to simply be together. So this is the wisdom and discernment that God wants us to have as we spend time in this season of our life. So, God's will is that we become alive and free and a blessing to others, even as we are receiving the blessing of his presence in us and the presence of people speaking into our lives in his name. God's word shows us how to do this. Wise mentors model this for us. Maybe we're a model and a wise mentor for somebody else at this season in our life. God's Holy Spirit and His church empowers and supports our growth in this in every age and stage, every season of life. This is a lifelong experience. Why? Because over the course of time, we get better at it. It becomes more familiar. It becomes a natural part of who we are. We have a greater impact, a wider frame of influence. See the beautiful thing here? That God is using time to bless you. And, and the use of that time under the blessing of God, the, the, the love and, the, and the, the the abiding presence of God in your life is preparing you for eternity. So the world needs people who plan and prepare to spend their time wisely with the Lord and in the Lord. None of it's in vain. Are you one of those people? How's it going for you in this season of life? What adjustments do you need to make? What new skills do you need to learn? It's never too soon, never too late to learn how to walk with God in in a deep and fresh way. And all you do, spend your time living in God's grace, walking in his love. Make the most of this season in your life. Don't postpone it. Don't fall subject to that myth of, well, once I get through this, once that's done. No. Seize every opportunity starting now. In the midst of what you're actually living right now, this is where you want to say, Lord, your will be done in the context of time, in me and through me. So Lord Jesus, that's my prayer for me, for my brothers and sisters, for everybody hearing this message. I pray uh, that we'd understand in a more deep, profound way, a more practical way, what season of life we're in. I pray that we'd see that you've provided a team and can provide a team for us in this season of life if we're simply open and responsive. And that Lord, you want to show us how to spend our time Most effectively, most efficiently, but most importantly, doing what's most important. And then in the context of that, doing those things that need the attention now. Uh, So This is my prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you that you might reflect his glory wherever you go. May the Lord give you his peace. Both now and forevermore.